Are you a writer or coach? Do you dream of building a successful online business? Are you tired of hearing the gurus tell you that you need a big launch or a complicated funnel software? Whether you're struggling with self-doubt, imposter syndrome, or just feeling overwhelmed by too many choices, I can help. Hi, I'm Jonathan Milligan, author of Your Message Matters, and I recently put together a free on-demand video training called How to Build an Online Business as a Writer or Coach the Low-Tech Way. Inside, you'll discover the low-tech system that 30 x my online business. Just go to freetrainingvideo.net to get started. Again, that's freetrainingvideo.net. Hello and welcome to the Blogging Your Passion podcast. I'm your host, Jonathan Milligan. Today, we have a special guest. His name is Danny Inney. He's the founder of Firepole Marketing, and he's also written multiple books, The Audience Revolution, as well as his brand new book, Teach and Grow Rich. And he's also the creator of the Course Builders Laboratory. Actually, it walks people through from idea to a pilot course to scaling that course. So if you've ever wanted to create an online course that you could potentially sell, then this is the podcast episode for you. That's what we're going to talk about today. So, hey, Danny, welcome to the show. Hey, Jonathan. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. This is a fun conversation for me because close to my heart is providing courses and teaching people uh, how to do things and get the solutions that they want. And so for me... Uh, this is close to my heart because it's uh, one of the first ways I started earning income online, but it was one of the first ways that I started really serving an audience and figuring out what they wanted, and we're going to be talking about all that today. So let's just dive right in. So since the dawn of the internet, as we know, information products have been profitable, but as you pointed out, and I agree 100%, things are changing. What, I guess, where do you see things going? Well, it's it's a really great question. I think, um, you know, information products have been a really nice gravy train for a lot of people. Um, and what I'm going to say isn't very, isn't going to be very popular <laughs> with a lot of people. But the reality is that there's just a huge misalignment between the value people are getting from a lot of these info products and the prices that are being charged. The prices are just like really, really high. And you're just not getting the value. And often what it comes down to, you know, I, I talk about there being kind of two business models or paradigms of business that exist in, in the content world. One is a paradigm of information. And the offline kind of real world analog would be you walk into a bookstore, you buy a book, that's an info product, and you walk out. And the key thing there is that there is no responsibility on the part of the seller for your success. Like once you've walked out of the bookstore with your book that you paid for, you know, the bookstore owner, the the publisher, the author, they don't owe you anything. You've got what you paid for. And, you know, that's why books are cheap, mm-hmm. which is fine. The other paradigm is a paradigm of education. And that's, you know, you, you enroll in a university or in a school. And you can't just buy a diploma. But what you're buying is the opportunity to earn one in partnership with the teacher who's going to help you to succeed. The, the responsibility for outcomes is shared in partnership between the teacher and the student. And the, the kind of really wacky thing going on in the online world is that you've got a lot of these so-called courses. And they're really just videos 
in a membership site or audios or content, there isn't a real opportunity to get your questions answered to interact with a teacher. And so they're info products. They're not education. And that's fine, but they're being sold for prices that only make sense for real education. So you've kind of got information being sold for prices that only make sense for education. And, and what's got to happen when value and price are out of alignment is that they have to come into alignment. So basically that can happen in two ways. And I think both of these things are going to happen. Um, prices can drop. And people who are going to stick with selling just information, they're going to see prices drop in terms of what the market as a mainstream will bear to about 10 or 20% of what it is now. And that's going to squeeze a lot of people out of the market. It's, it's really going to be a big problem for them. But for people who embrace the paradigm of education, say, I'm not just going to publish information, I'm going to work in partnership with my students. And that doesn't have to mean a lot of work. It just has to mean working smarter in order to deliver actual outcomes. The people who do that are going to continue to command premium prices, and they're going to do it more and more easily as a lot of the people who are not delivering outcomes kind of fade off of the market. Um, so that's kind of where I see things going. Yeah, and, you know, while you were talking, I was thinking about it. You know, I think we saw, we've already seen that happening with eBooks. You know, when I first started kind of getting interested in online business or the internet, uh, I remember people were selling these and what you got for your money was, like you said, an informational PDF that they were selling. And once the online course kind of came, I think a lot of people saw, they just stopped buying the, you know, $100, $200 PDFs. You, You had to go further than that. And I think it's a healthy place where we're going because, uh, you know, my background is I was a high school teacher. And so I love to get environments where I can teach and see progress and things happening. And so I've been telling people for a while that this is the teacher economy. This is an opportunity for you to get invested and actually make the difference in the lives of other people. Um, now you need to do it in a way, of course, that doesn't, um, you know, take away your own freedom, but at the same time, there are ways that you can do that. And so I think it's a healthy place overall that uh, I I see things going. Well, it's better for everyone, right? It's better for the customer because the customer gets outcomes. And even if you're a seller, you're also a customer of other people. And it's, look, we don't want to make money by cheating people. We don't want to make money by delivering no value. We want to make money by helping people do better in their lives. Yeah, absolutely. So here's a question that I've wrestled with and you may have some insights on, but many bloggers, digital entrepreneurs, they they want to launch a course, but they're often most afraid of spending a bunch of time creating something only to find out later no one wants what they created and that they wasted all their time. So what advice would you give to someone who's kind of wrestling with that? They see an opportunity to produce something that would be helpful, something educational, but they are wondering if they're going to waste their time. Well, it's a very legitimate fear because that's what happens to a lot of people. They spend enormous amounts of time building something that in the end nobody buys. Um, The solution to that is not to spend an enormous amount of time building something. It's to put together a a minimum viable version of whatever it is you ultimately want to create. Basically, the minimum viable outcome being delivered that people would be happy to pay you for. And you put it out into the world. You do it as quickly as possible. I teach my students to do that in 60 days. Um, 
and you see if people want it and you get feedback and you probably discover that you know it's a fairly good idea but not quite perfect you learn where to refine it and where to improve it so that you're actually ready and and able to say okay you know I've got proof of concept I've got validation the market wants it I know how to make it better so by the time you get to that full blown course you've already made money and you know it's going to succeed yeah great advice so another common objection I hear from people is they, they think they need to build this massive audience first before they can test, before they can put a pilot course out there. What are your thoughts on, on that thinking? Uh, well, that's just not true. Um, like I, I know because you can run a pilot without having any audience at all. And there, there are ways to, first of all, you don't need enormous numbers of people in a pilot. Um, if it's a more high-touch pilot, like you're more interactive with people, it can be a good pilot with just a handful of people. Now, I'm not saying that's necessarily what you want as an ideal, but if you don't have an audience, you can still put it out there, test, validate. And it's particularly important because you don't want to build an audience of people who are interested in something that you don't yet know whether there's an opportunity for you to actually mm -hmm. uh, sustainably create an impact, which you can't do without making an income. Yeah. And, and, you know, my experience was that way when I, my very first course that I launched, you know, I was probably more ambitious looking back, uh, but it was probably a good thing because I didn't know what I didn't know. And I had less than 500 people on an email list, less than a thousand people visiting my, my blog any single month, according to analytics. And yet I launched my first course out there. And uh, what happened was I actually sold 10 to 15 courses that very first launch, and that was the first indication to me that this thing could become viable over time. If I learn what my needs are, what my audience's needs are, and I deliver that to them. So I agree with you. I tell people, get started early on. And you don't wait till you think you've got a massive audience uh, to, to get started. Uh, so you were talking earlier, Danny, about the importance of getting feedback. So when first launching a course, you know, how important is it to get that feedback from your first users? And do you have any tips on maybe how you could do that? Uh, it's absolutely critical because people make a lot of assumptions when they go into building a course that they know what it is that people want to learn, that people want it enough to, to be willing to pay for it, that they know how to deliver it in the most effective way in an online context. Those are all assumptions. They're not facts. And if you don't validate those assumptions, then the extent to which they are not fact, it's going to bite you in the ass later. <laughs> like you need to validate, you need to improve. You're not going to get it perfect right out of the gate. And, you know, a great illustration of this, you know, the piloting concept, it comes from the world of show business, because in Hollywood, you know, producing a TV series, like a, like a season of a TV show, it costs like a gazillion dollars. And before you're going to spend that kind of money, you want to make sure that, yeah, there is a market. And a great illustration of this is the show Seinfeld, right? They ran their pilot. They got the money to make their first episode. And honestly, it wasn't very good. Elaine wasn't even in it. Like, it was very much a work in progress. And you know that it wasn't very good because look at the rest of the season. Usually you run a pilot and producers like it. And they say, all right, go make 12 or 24 more episodes. For Seinfeld, they said, well, make four, we'll, we'll give you a budget to make four more episodes. Like, when have you ever seen a TV show? The first season is five episodes. Like, it's, it never happens. And it's because, you know, they were very much on the fence. Like, I don't even know if this is going to go anywhere. 
But, you know, Jerry Seinfeld took the feedback and he improved and he learned what the audience wants and got better. And, you know, by the end of that, there was traction. You know, season two is a full length season and they were off to the races. But if 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 Seinfeld had just tried to sell his show based on the script, it was like, OK, I want to, you know, give me the budget for a whole season or none at all. Then there wouldn't have ever been a show Seinfeld. So, yeah, you absolutely need to gather that feedback. You can even if, you're, if what you end up with will be enormously successful, it doesn't mean it's going to start that way. And you need the process to get there. Hmm. Don't assume that you know the needs of your audience. I think that's mm-hmm. that's the takeaway from what I just heard. And, and you know, it reminds me. I was I was thinking about launching a certain course, and I decided to do a small group coaching um, on the concept first. And so I had my outline of where I was going to the progress I was going to take them to. You know what, what the transformation they were going to receive at the end of this small group coaching. Danny, I remember getting into that. And every single week, and I spent about six weeks with them, every single week they brought up new questions that were not even on my radar. And so by the time I went through that small group coaching, I got to the end and they had literally helped me to build half of the course that I was going to launch later on the same topic. And that was just a reminder to me that to not assume that you know the needs just because you might be an expert in it or because you've done something um, sometimes we forget what it was like to be a beginner. We forget um, some of the questions that are critical that people are, your audience is asking in their heads. So I think that's great feedback and advice. And, and you know, you asked how to, how to gather that feedback exactly the way you just described, by setting the course up in a way that it's easy for people to ask questions and for you to know when they are. So, you know, if you were to make a, a course that is all like, you know, these fancy slick videos in a membership site... When somebody's sitting there with a puzzled look on their face, you don't know it, Hmm. right? They have to proactively email you, and most people don't. But if you're doing it, if you're delivering it live on a webinar in a group coaching situation, you know, maybe even a group, small group video conferencing situation, you can see their faces. You can see they can type it in right there. You can see how people are interacting. And that's why, that's another reason the piloting process is so important. You don't want these like fancy slick videos because not only are they a lot of work to deploy and it's going to take you forever, you're not going to get the feedback you need. Yeah, absolutely. Now, let me ask you this. So say you go through the pilot, you get great feedback, you've incorporated that into the course. Can you help with ideas on wanting to launch that course now, like wanting to put your full weight into it, get it out there, um, further develop it? Uh, Any tips thoughts there yeah absolutely so and you know that's exactly what should happen you should launch your pilot and it goes great or you gather feedback and do it another one you know make it better but you get to a point where it's like okay this is good i'm ready to put this on semi-autopilot not autopilot exactly but semi-autopilot um that's when you make your videos that's when you put them in a membership site that's when you do all this and that's when it back, it's it's also easier to sell because by then you've graduated successful students. They've had results and outcomes in their lives that you can point to. And that's a really key thing. Hmm. You know, when you tell people I'm doing a pilot, nobody says, well, who has who's gone through this and succeeded before? Because it's like, it's a pilot, right? This is the first time I'm doing it. They get it. When you're selling a course, people are going to say, well, you know, who are you, your success stories? You should have them. And a pilot allows you to have them even the first time you open the doors on your course. Yeah, great. So at the time of this recording, you know, your Course Builders Laboratory program's open. And it's designed to take people through the process from idea to pilot to full launch. 
And what I love about it is you're, you're backing up exactly what you're talking about here today. And it's not just information, but each enrollee into the program actually gets a, assigned a coach that's going to help them implement what they're learning. So could you take a moment and explain the Course Builders Laboratory and what it's all about? Yeah, absolutely. So um, the Course Builders Laboratory, which is open um, until Sunday night, um, as of now, it's it's Friday as we record this. Um, we basically t- t- we take people who go into the program and take them from zero straight through to a multiple six and se- six or seven figure course empire if that's what they want. So you know whatever the height of your ambition with courses, we will take you there, starting with the profitable launch of your pilot within sixty days. Um, profitable meaning you're going to make at least two thousand dollars selling your pilot. Um, and we guarantee that outcome. If that doesn't happen, we will get on the phone with you personally to figure out what's wrong and get you back on track. Um, and that's, of course, that's just the first big milestone. There's a lot that comes after that as you you know, learn from the experience and deliver it and, and iterate and make a bigger pilot and then eventually turn it into a full course, et cetera. Um, and every student in our program, like you said, gets a dedicated course building coach on my team who they interact with in three ways. Um, first of all, by email. That's the primary mode of interaction. You get unlimited email support. My team will answer your questions within 24 hours. Second, there are calls where you're going to talk to your coach at key intervals, key checkpoints within the program. And every coach has an office hours call once a week that you can hop onto and and ask your questions whenever you want. Now, I have 10 coaches on my team. These are all people who I have hired and trained personally. They know my methodology inside and out, but each of them is coming with their own background. You know, Lizzie was a school teacher, and she has expertise in health and wellness. Um, Jessica's background is in yoga. Um, uh, uh, trying to think of like who to, who's, who to go to on my team. Rocky is a technologist and a gamer, and the list goes on and on. People have very diverse backgrounds and interests, and we match up coaches with students who have related interests so that they understand not just our methodology, but also the world in which you are operating. Love that. I, I love the aspect of accountability, encouragement, uh, you know, walking people through the process of of making this become a reality. I think that's so important. So awesome. Well, listen, thanks so much for investing some time with us today and walking us through this process. I know, you know, this idea of providing courses and education and doing it in the right way is something, again, close to my heart as yours. And I think that's why you know I really connected when I first connected with you. It it was your first book. Um, I think it was was it titled Audience Revolution or I'm trying to remember. Uh, well, my my previous book was The Audience Revolution. Yeah. Yep. Before that, I wrote Engagement from Scratch. Engagement and, from and Scratch. Before that, I wrote a copy yep. book that nobody's ever read. <laughs> <laughs> I remember reading Engagement from Scratch, but I really remember reading on the plane uh, The Audience Revolution and highlighting the whole thing on my Kindle because it just was so uh, in line with where I, where I was and where I was trying to go. And honestly, Danny, it was confirmation to me that, okay, I'm not the only guy who thinks this way um, because I felt at, at times that uh, I was that only guy out there who was uh, thinking in that same regard. So thank you for your work. Thank you for your information. And thank you what you're doing to make this dream of some people a reality. Jonathan, thank you for your kind words, and thank you for for the attention of your tribe. Um, For everyone who's listening to this, I'm grateful, and, and I hope it's been valuable. Awesome. Thanks again. 
So if you've ever wanted to create your own online course, then I would encourage you to take a look at what Danny's put together. It's his Course Builders Laboratory. It's got eight modules, walks you all the way through from your idea to the pilot course, to getting feedback, to scaling that course. And it's perfect for those of you who have never before published an online course, or for those of you that you've done a few online courses maybe they've gone not so well and you want to get better at building online courses, then I encourage you to go check it out. The link is directly in the show notes. You can click on that and go check out what Danny's got going on in his course. <music>